Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Afternoon Tune. I am your host, Josh, and with me are my two co-hosts. It's your boy, Chase. And it's your boy, Nick. And bubbles. Uh, bubbles, yeah, you know, bubbles. Uh, and we got a nice big show for you all today. A lot of news that came out uh, this past week. And we got some good TV shows to review as well as one movie review. Um, so for the show, we're going to be discussing Falcon and Winter Soldier Episode 2. Um, as we said before, we're going to be reviewing all the episodes uh, that come out. It's only a six-episode series, so don't see why not. Um, six-episode event. Um, so we're going to be reviewing all those episodes, and we're going to be reviewing episode two now. We reviewed episode uh, one last week, uh, which is up on the, uh, the YouTube channel and all the various links. Uh, we're going to be discussing Invincible, the Amazon Prime TV show that just debuted today, Friday. Uh, and March 26th, so we're going to be discussing that, the Robert Kirkman, based on the Robert Kirkman comic, uh, the creator of The Walking Dead. Um, is that show still on, The Walking Dead? I know. Yes. Okay, that's still going, huh? Oh, uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> Somehow, wow. some way, yeah. What season is that show on? Like season 18? 20. 28? I don't even, I think they're 69. Digits, so <laughs> no. Yeah. I, w- I wonder what will last long. 59 seasons. I wonder what will die first The Simpsons or The Walking Dead I got my money on The Simpsons Nah, I honestly think Walking Dead will die Before The Simpsons Simpsons just hit like 7-7 Wait, no, I think 700th episode, right? Yeah Yeah, Yeah, people have been over The Walking People have been over The Walking Dead For years But why is it still on the air if people have been over you know? I don't know. I mean, it's the money maker. It's that's literally all AMC got right now. Guaranteed money maker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. AMC all, used all to have AMC's, all of AMC's premier shows. All those have either been canceled or have ended. Yeah, because yeah. Better Call Saul just ended, right? It's uh, dude. They're still working on season six. There, I think they're just waiting on everybody's schedules to open up. Mm. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. Because that's kind of the only other big premiere show they have. That critically is acclaimed is, is Better Call Saul, I believe. Um, well, there's yeah. Killing Eve, too. Oh, Killing Eve. Okay. Um, I used to love Into the Badlands. That was my shit. Yeah. I heard that absolutely, There was absolutely no plot, but just the fight scenes. <laughs> Some yeah. fight scenes we tell. That's what I hear. I have to get into that show. Uh, yeah. That's what I hear. Um, so we're going to be just sort of discussing Invincible, uh, Minari, um, which also stars Stephen Yeun, like he also stars in Invincible. Uh, we're going to be discussing that. Um, Nick and Chase saw it, so they're going to be reviewing that. I didn't get a chance to uh, watch it myself, so they're going to be giving that to you all. Um, as well as going with some various news stories, going to discuss Jessica Walter. Uh, her unfortunate passing, going to be paying respects to her and her legacy. I'm uh, going to be discussing Promising Young Woman director, uh, Emerald Fennell, uh, the Tana movie, Prince uh, Pierce Brosnan is Dr. Fate, uh, the Suicide Squad trailer that just dropped today as well. That's hot off the presses, fresh news. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, they're doing a movie. Um, and as well, we're going to be discussing Black Widow. Finally, um, finally, they, they, they finally announced when they're going to come out with that, Disney. Um, so how is everybody doing today? Doing well. Can't complain. It's uh, another good week to be a comic book fan. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah it, it's a great... I feel like it's a great month to be a nerd. You have Falcon and Winter Soldier coming out. You have Zack Snyder's Justice League actually being good. Which... Yeah. <laughs> Who saw that coming? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I... I, 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 I trailers. 
Yeah. So I, you know, I, I was uh, I was gone for the past couple of shows. I had some stuff to deal with, um, and then while I was gone. Uh, you know, these two turned into Snyder simps. So I don't know what happened. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Uh, well, you know, because they would, you know, they were, you know, I was the one defending Snyder, you know, when I, the trailer came. You, you, uh, were you? And, um, and they were, were talking you know? shit about it. Um, you were know, they you were. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, if you look back at the tape, I mean, you could, you could play it back. And, and you guys, were, you guys were making fun of the song he had in the trailer. And then you yeah. were making fun of the, the, we live in a society, even though I said we do live in a society. And you guys are making fun of that. And I said, like, no, yeah, we do. And then y'all was clowning them for that. So, you know, all of a sudden you see it and then you turn into Snyder Simps all of a sudden. So, hey, man, um, we clowned it because those were bad choices. With the marketing, yeah. but we're, we're both willing to eat our words whenever something that we weren't expecting is actually good. Yeah, no, yeah. that yeah. that's just honest. Uh, we're, we're just being honest. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He won us over, yeah. finally. Yeah. Uh, but I, I still haven't yeah I, I still haven't seen it myself so I, I still have to check it out Better. <laughs> see, how, how are you yeah. gonna say that you were the Snyder defender the sole avenger of the Snyder cut how, how are you saying <laughs> that you were the defender when you didn't even watch the movie yeah uh because you know listen i i was i was saying like hey give it a chance you know it could be good but you guys were ready to tear it apart and you say it was gonna be yes. bullshit i you yeah, know you i have I, yet I, to I, see it yeah, I have not seen it yet, you know, but okay. you know, I will see it. I will see it. Uh, well, but Zack okay. Snyder, apparently, it's, cool, it's so good. Apparently, it's so good so, that people are begging him to finish the rest of it. Which yeah, we'll see. Uh, those those fucking people. <laughs> yeah, we'll people. see. We'll yeah. see. So, well, I mean, Zack Snyder. You know, he's. I, I always thought he was a good guy. I've I've liked more more of his films than not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then and some people saying this is his best film. I, I mm-hmm. don't think you know, like Dawn of the Dead. I mean, I still think to me that's I still I think it's his best film. But mm-hmm. I have to check this out, see what see what it's all about. Um, very stylish guy too. I like his just his vest. He wears a good vest. You know, the whole vest and tie look with the jeans. It's actually, it's a, it's a good look. I like it. It's a good I look. thought yeah, yeah, I thought you were gonna say. Yeah, we said this in our discussion last week. Zack Snyder, he seems like a really good guy, and by all accounts, he's just an absolute joy to work with. I mean, if, mm. if me, me, if I were to be an actor, I'd rather be on a Zack Snyder set than, say, like a Robert Eggers or Ari Aster set. Mm. Wow, yeah. I, I disagree. I, I disagree with that. I think I would rather be tortured and then make great art, and then but being but not be you know not have a good time and make bullshit. I mean that was kind of the whole thing with Orson Welles. People worked with him, and it was just like, well, if I work with Orson Welles, I know it's going to be great for my career. We're going to make something great, but he is a fucking asshole, <laughs> and I am going to fucking hate him. But this guy is good. I mean, if he's good, he's good. I mean, there you go. He's a genius. <laughs> what can you do? Um, uh, so to uh, move into our first uh, topic of the day, we're going to be discussing Jessica Walter, uh, who passed away, um, passed away in a way that we kind of wish we all kind of did, you know, in her sleep. Um, she was 80 years old. Um, if people don't know who she is, um, she was, um, I guess, you know, most people know who she is in pop culture because she was the mother in Arrested Development. Um, that's where I know her from. That's when I first saw her. Uh, she was very, very funny in that show. Uh, that show is really great. If anybody's, if nobody's ever checked it out, I highly recommend checking it out. Very, very funny show. Very hilarious. At least the first three seasons. 
Um, yeah, yeah. They, I, they did some reboot seasons on Netflix that came out that I wasn't really too big of a fan of that weren't as good. But it was tough because everybody from that show, they're all pretty busy. You know, Jason Bateman's a movie star yeah. now and he mm-hmm. has a successful show called Ozark that's mm-hmm. on Netflix as well. And then Tony Hale was on Veep, which is also a highly successful show on HBO. Um, Will Arnett, I mean, he's doing stuff like he was the voice of Batman and Lego Batman, and he's always in a bunch of other stuff. And, uh, she yeah, was also, so. and like how I know her is being the voice of um, Archer's mom and also Bojack Horseman's mom. Um, yeah. And in both roles, she's pretty much playing the same character that it seemed yeah, like she exactly, was playing exactly, in, yeah. in Arrested Development. Exactly. But like, I think for, yeah, I think for like, around the time Archer was coming out. Yeah. The creators of that show in interviews saying that uh, for the role of Laurie uh, Archer, we wanted a Jessica Walters type. And then <laughs> the next day she saw that interview and was like, why don't you get me? Yeah. And that's pretty much the story of how she got cast as Mallory Archer. Yeah. Because <laughs> she is like perfect at that like, that like snidey, um, rich mom role. She is the she is the quintessential Karen. She, she is the she is the quintessential uh, uber rich, yeah, kind of racist, just yeah. awful, awful mother. But she is just so funny that she is just endearing to that role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's perfect at that. That that was like i mean i i don't know too much of her like earlier work but like i know her from like and i feel like most people our age probably know her from her later work being that kind of like if you need if you need a rich like angry um but like very sophisticated mother (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) you call her (laughs) yeah if you you need a lot uh animated version of like the family from ready or not you get her yeah yeah and for that for that i i am grateful for her existence (laughs) um and she had a career that spanned six decades i mean she was Mm. in hollywood for a long 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 time Mm. um and you know various amount of stuff like people said like resident like archer a lot of people probably know as the voice of that bojack horseman which also starred will arnett also voiced as bojack Mm. Um, she was also in a movie um, that I also remember her, her from, Play Misty for Me, which was Clint Eastwood's directorial debut. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember seeing that film. It was kind of like a stalker kind of film type mm-hmm. thing. Um, she was very effective in that. Uh, the Flamingo Kid, uh, she was also in that. Uh, I mean, she's got a really nice, um, you know, just really great legacy, great career mm-hmm. uh, in, in Hollywood. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really sad to kind of, you know, see her gone. Yeah. Uh, from everything like that so yeah very very much deep respects to uh her uh, and everything like that and, and the legacy she left behind uh because i mean she was definitely definitely very good uh, yeah and, and she definitely will be missed yeah. um all right so uh moving on from discussing that um we were discussing uh, Ghost of Tsushima uh Ghost of Tsushima uh the great critically acclaimed game um that most people did uh did you guys beat that game play it beat it i i got about like 30 or 40 I, hours I into it, it but before, i never beat it yeah i beat it before and i'm doing 
Yeah, mm. I beat it okay. before, but I've been just doing the new game plus for it now. Mm. Just, oh. just to admire how gorgeous that game is. Just, it really just, like, is. Around. It's kind of like, kind of like driving around normally in GTA. Yeah, yeah, no, it really is like um, you just follow the wind because here was my problem. I just followed the wind and kept doing all the side quests possible and I just mm. never got around to beating it mm. <laughs> until I got burnt <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, but it is a great game, though. Yeah, highly critically acclaimed and yeah. very, very successful. Um, this is from Deadline. It says the game recently crossed a massive milestone of selling over 6.5 million copies since his July 2028 debut and with come great success yeah. comes uh Hollywood trying to trying to capitalize off their success so they're going to try to do a movie off of it um uh, of from the guy from who's uh the director of John Wick uh Chad Sahisky hmm. um is going to be the one directing this film uh and it's Sony Pictures and PlayStation Productions that are going to be putting into development um what do you guys think about them doing a you know, Ghost of the Sheen movie, um, and this is after they announced that they're going to do a Last of Us, uh, you know, HBO series. Um, do you think that this would be a great avenue, you know, to do a movie about this, or would you rather see an HBO series or something like that, as opposed to them just doing a full length film? Both are unnecessary to me, but mm. um, I would actually prefer them to do the. A series for this game in particular because one of the things that I loved about the game wasn't necessarily the main story but the side quests and the side characters um, getting getting a chance to really develop them and have them come together as a team I feel like that could be a route that is probably not necessarily going to be explored in this movie um, but you know it, I, I, I do think still that the film um, I mean, the game is probably one of the easier to adapt into a movie or TV show because um, it has a relatively straightforward narrative. Um, and then you have like the very simple beats that like you can hit like um, like uh, Jin's emotional struggle with becoming the ghost and kind of forging the sort of ninja style of fighting um, mm -hmm. that we see in the game versus what he wants to be as a samurai i think that's a very compelling struggle that um you know um from what i've played at least i feel like the movie could really take the time to flesh that out further um but aside from that i just don't i don't see why uh video game studios want their games to be made in a movie so badly um and i don't understand why we keep trying to do this but what do you think nick <laughs> um <clears throat> Uh, when I first heard they were making a movie, my first, my gut reaction, uh, like when I hear most of that news, is why? Especially with a game like Ghost of Tsushima, where the 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 gameplay itself it's so cinematic, it's just yeah. such a gorgeous game. How do you translate that to live action? Until they announced that Chad Stahelski from John Wick was going to be the director on it, mm. then that opened up a whole bunch of other questions, like. Oh shit, motherfucker! Are they about to whitewash this. Please don't. <laughs> no, Please I don't, don't. I don't think that they. <laughs> I I don't think that could happen. I I really genuinely don't think that the, that could happen. The worst I, that they could I do is probably. What I, I think I they don't will. Think that's just worst case scenario. For yeah, me. no, I think worst case scenario is Keanu Reeves that they cast as Jin. 
um but, and that's about as most most whitewashed as they're probably going to get to it because i i don't see them getting away with that you know what i'm saying not not in shishima <laughs> it is cool it is potentially gonna be cool to see another another major studio film that by the very nature of it is gonna have to have a primarily uh japanese or primarily asian cat yeah yeah it has That's to be cool. but it also opens up the question are you gonna be, have the dialogue be in english or are you mm. gonna have it in japanese which that was kind of a little bit of my issues with the game with the story wise because you have mm. a lot of japanese actors speaking english and some of them are not as practiced as hmm well so i'm kind of a weeb so i, I put it on sub um mm. so i mm. kind of do hope that they do uh do subtitles for it instead of uh the english route because i from, what, from my memory was it like something where like they didn't necessarily fix the cgi for um the the dub version is what i is what i'm i think i remembered them saying like they didn't necessarily fix like the 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 facial like you know like yeah yeah the lip syncing yeah so i don't know for me at least i didn't notice anything but obviously i don't speak japanese so you know <laughs> it was gonna hit regardless for me <laughs> um but i do hope they do japanese i feel like that makes the most sense um yeah, but they probably won't because it's Hollywood. Yeah, <laughs> probably probably not. Um, yeah. the the actor who voiced uh, the voice actor who voiced Jin, um, he I mean of course they they even based the body model off of him, mm. so he would be also a natural choice to to play uh, Jin the character in the movie. But again, it's all about you know Hollywood and you know uh, you know bankability and you know. It's Hollywood. Yeah, so you know yeah. we all know. So you know, it depends on who they're gonna cast. Um, so Tom Cruise, I, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Tom Cruise. Uh, I think I don't know. I mean, the way Stephen Johansson. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the way Stephen Yoon is blowing up right now. I wouldn't be surprised if they get him. But they, he's Korean, right? Is he? They. I don't think. Yes, that's he is. I don't. I don't think they really care a lot of these times. They just go like, "Okay, well, you're Asian. There you go. That's that's good." <laughs> I don't think they care, honestly. Uh, but um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's like I don't think it's like with with Fred Hampton where you can find a British guy to play him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, so get, you, get fucking uh, Mark do, Wahlberg to play Muhammad Ali. <laughs> yeah. Um. So do you guys think uh, like? Besides with someone like Keanu Reeves, do you think there's any, or the voice actor, do you think there's any good actors that you would see? Uh, I want there Jim? to be, I really want there to be somebody new. I want them to surprise us with somebody new. Because the mm -hmm. game itself has enough recognition. Yeah. Um, I feel like it'll, it may not do killer at the box office, but with just by the game alone, if they do a decent enough job with the trailer and the casting, I think it's gonna make its money back and more you know what i'm saying mm. um so i hope it's somebody new I, I hope it's somebody i never heard of yes get get a complete unknown for this mm. i don't know i don't know yeah you think so mm. what do you think about the director itself i mean i am impressed with his john wick movies um i, I know he was one uh one half of the uh person that that 
directed some of those movies yeah. um and then the action in those movies are very good how do you think yeah. that action translates to doing a samurai film or do you think those two things translate with each other i mean we'll see but um regardless I, I think we are going to see some great action um especially when Jin becomes sort of the ghost so we might not get those like long um sim like those long shots like um on some like uh Kurosawa type beat where um you know like we're like far away and then uh Jin gets to do the standoff we might not get that perfectly right but at least he's gonna get the ninja stuff down like that i know that for a fact <laughs> that's gonna be a lot awesome. of the, especially a lot of the action scenes around uh uh the villain from john Wick three because that mm -hmm. was a lot of like ninja style action and yeah if anything you can kind of look at the third john wick as his audition to do Tsushima. yeah 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 because there's going to be big ensemble well if it's anything like the game there's going to be big ensemble fights um yeah no that, that should be fun it, um yeah and there was a sword fight at the end of john wick 3 mm, yeah we fought the we fought the two dudes from the raid so yeah um so there was something like that but we'll see um see what they do with it uh very excited to see uh you know what they come up with the ideas casting wise i think obviously a lot of people saying the natural choice is just to go with the voice actor who voiced the character mm -hmm. um all right so moving on from discussing that we're going to discuss some a dc news got a lot of dc news uh that's just dropped oh but before we get into that we can discuss the marvel stuff real quick as well uh because it's just some real quick news so they finally came out with a release date champs. oh we said the reigning defending champs <laughs> yeah uh uh marvel there you go they finally released uh, some news about Black Widow because just I think it was just maybe a couple of weeks ago something like that I was thinking like yeah they still haven't really announced the release date for that movie um, <laughs> yet and then they they dropped the news for it so it is going to be on Disney Plus and it's going to release in theaters simultaneously um, and and they're doing the whole Disney Plus premiere access thing with it which means $30 <laughs> um, and it continues Disney constantly charging $30 for its Asian leads, uh, you know, this, Raya, Juan, you know, Scarlett Johansson, they just keep doing it to their Asian leads, I don't know why, uh, what's up with that, but, you know, that's, that's what Disney's doing, it's a trend, did, I don't... Did Raya do good? Um, like... they don't release the numbers, so I don't okay. know, uh, they, they, I haven't heard, they don't really release the numbers. It had Can't to have done decently if it... True. It had to have done decently if they're still willing to do this whole premiere access thing. I mean, I don't know if there's like a contract with with like the, the uh, may have signed with like the directors and producers of the I film. With Marvel I think with Marvel Studios that that was a that was a caveat in their contract. They had mm. to release it in theaters, but because the situation, or the profits had to at least match what they would earn in the theater. Mm. Okay. Cause uh, not too keen on paying thirty dollars on uh on uh any of these movies, honestly, for a one-time yeah. viewing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thirty dollars to watch Black Widow at home. And yeah. If you're a single person and you're and you have nobody else coming over, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> go much. fuck yourself, Disney. You expect me to pay thirty dollars for that shit? Or you know, like um, like uh, Stephen Yoon's character in Minari uh, said, um, 
if you could find a free way <laughs> if you can find it for free yeah if you could find it for free then uh you should look into that because that's much smarter <laughs> um yeah i allegedly 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 the views of the uh, Chase McLaughlin, Nicholas Taylor, and Josh Williams do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Afternoon mm. 2 LLC. Neither does Steven Yoon's character in, in Minari. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, we talked about this, I think, when Raya came out, when we had the discussion yeah. about that, when we were reviewing mm. that. And the $30 thing, again, if something came with it, like mm -hmm. if you actually owned it and it wasn't just a one-time period, because eventually it's going to go away. Yeah. Eventually, their dollars and stuff like that is going to come back. Um, and there is going to be a time where it's going to be available for free. So why mm -hmm. not wait? Just wait. Oh, whoops! Why not do like three weeks in the theatrical run and then drop it on Disney Plus, yeah, or yeah. do it vice versa, or just not? <laughs> or just give us some... Lower the price. It's like yeah. fifteen, like. The average for uh, a, a movie on VOD is like nineteen ninety nine maximum. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Like, that's, that's yeah. that. Yeah, that's like day one just released on like Apple Apple uh, Apple uh, TV. Like I don't even think I paid thirty dollars to get into the Chinese uh, theater in LA. Um, mm. I so... went to the fucking Alamo Draft House in Austin, Texas, two years ago. <laughs> see avengers endgame day one i got food and all of that shit it still didn't come out to 30 fucking dollars yeah no that's i don't think does anybody really pay 30 dollars for a theater ticket um Let what's me if, if you're if you're, taking, if you're taking a date or you have like kids with you then yeah, yeah. it mm. depends on how expensive the food is and you get the concessions you know because they charge like 20 bucks for a hot dog and shit like that so you get the ticket you get and it's like damn i'm hungry and then you know and then it gets yeah, like 1400 dollars okay. to me yeah okay, i'll get the so, and a drink at the movies so yeah, once I'll, again I'll, yeah once again the views of chase mclaughlin does not reflect the entire podcast of the <laughs> afternoon tune but allegedly what one could do is go to a dollar store yeah. get all the food that they want for a dollar and go to the theater with heavy pockets allegedly <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you could you know something somebody may do something like yes, that you know, that is something yeah. you could do that we are absolutely yeah. not advocating towards yeah when, nah. so know, but... i'm just saying i've negated I've never paid thirty dollars for a movie experience. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. Oh it, God, for you. <laughs> sometimes it's worth it. I mean, sometimes you go because I, you know, there's a nice dine-in theater here uh, mm. where I live, and I go okay. and they got nice seats and it's a recliner. Sometimes they even have heated seats, which is, this feels really nice, actually. You know what I mean? See, um, there's a know. theater just like that where I'm from that never charged me past thirty dollars. Well, the ticket itself is not thirty dollars, <laughs> but then the, they have the nice food and then all the okay. stuff like that. So eventually, it's gonna make come out to sometimes thirty dollars. But okay. like with the, the so the premiere thing. Um, yeah, I mean, if they offered some other incentives, like we said, like maybe if you got like a poster, or maybe mm -hmm. if you got like. You know, like you get the, the DVD three weeks early, everybody else, or maybe if you, you know, like you, you get a code to a 4K version of it before you get like bonus features, you turn premiere access into another tier of a subscription. 
Yeah. yeah. You know, there's something no, else that comes along with it. There's just no incentive aside from, okay, you get to see the movie uh, three weeks before it goes for free. <laughs> yeah. And that's maybe, not maybe, a strong enough incentive. Are we still going to watch it? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Just not I mean, for maybe, that price. Maybe it's trying to push people to go to the theater. It's like, well, I don't, I'm not going to, I don't want to spend $30 to go see it on this Disney Plus. Maybe I'll just take my ass to the theater and go spend just Just too. put that mask, just put your mask on like you're one of the war boys in Fury Road. <laughs> what are you doing? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe if you just want to do something, maybe that's what they're trying. Maybe it's, you know, kind of reverse psychology. Yeah, don't see it on here. Get, just get your theater ticket and scream at the clerk. What? <laughs> yeah <laughs> so maybe something like that um but july 9th i'm surprised they just didn't i don't know why it's july 9th um just didn't do it sooner maybe like in may or june i don't know why july 9th but i think i think they're hoping that by the time july rolls around vaccines are going to be more widely available people uh, like yeah uh, uh, vaccination will start happening on a larger scale so be a lot safer to go to the movie. Yeah. yeah 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 good point good point um, so yeah, well, yeah, of course we'll review that, uh, when that drops, uh, July 9th, yeah, we'll review that and all that stuff like that. And I, I guess that kind of rolls around after, because July 4th is when, when is that July 4th? What day is that? Oh, so, uh, I thought you were about to ask, uh, when is July 4th? Like, uh, July 4th? Maybe? Um, so, uh, you, so there's this amazing thing on, uh, well, it's both your phone and your computer. It's called a calendar. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it's a Sunday. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so it's a Sunday. So I was gonna say, like, mm. if July Fourth is, they'll maybe they'll try to roll it into kind of the weekend or something like that. Maybe mm. but it's on a Sunday. Um, and Marvel, and Marvel has kind of been doing the whole Fourth uh, of July weekend thing for at least uh, the last couple of years. I can remember they uh, Far From Home that came out on the July Fourth weekend, and they're mm. doing it again here with the okay. show. Yeah. Um, all right, so moving on from discussing that, I'm uh, gonna talk about the DC stuff. So the trailer for Suicide Squad that dropped today, um, and uh, already from uh, the trailer, uh, 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 James Guns the Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah, James Guns the Suicide Squad, because this isn't uh, this isn't titled Suicide Squad Two, I don't think, right? It's just that was the Suicide Squad. Yes, it is the Suicide Squad, not that the definitive, uh, not that uh, solo bullshit. Yeah, you know. the definitive we should, we one. Should, you know, I think we Fucking should restart. Really yeah, um, I think what? we should. I think I said I think we should really start bringing back the. I miss the. Mm. We used to say the. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it has like a prestige to it. Yeah, mm. you know what I mean. It, it's like, like yeah, it's yeah, it's like the next uh, Robert Pattinson. It's not a Batman movie. It's the Batman. <laughs> yeah. For the longest time, so apparently Megan. The Stallion is not The Stallion, it's The Stallion. I always thought it was The Stallion. Huh. I always hmm. thought that's the way I always thought it was pronounced. Uh, so I mean, it's the two E's, right? Yeah, two E's. Somebody said it was The Stallion. Somebody oh. like somebody said it was The Stallion. That's they are wrong about Oh, okay. So they're the On a scale of one to Wesley Snipes, how much melanin they got. <laughs> I saw somebody say that. I was just like, oh, okay. So it's like, they say, yeah, she goes by the stallion, not the stallion. I was like, oh, I thought it was the stallion. So, oh, it is nah. the stallion. Oh, no, okay. They, yeah. There's, if there's two E's, then it's the. Oh, okay. Yeah, we should um, start doing that. I like saying that. I like saying damn thing right if you want to get called that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, I'm sorry. But this trailer, though, this trailer this trailer is really good. Uh, <laughs> um, and so the opening of this trailer uh, begins. 
Um, you see them in a van. Um, even just the interactions between these people. You see, you know, Idris Elba here. You see Joel Kinnaman um, here. Um, and you see them kind of just all interacting in this van and they're mm -hmm. uh, planning to save Harley. Um, you see John Cena. Even just from that scene of them in the van, I think is better than anything in those in those two hours that was in Suicide Squad. I think Easily. Much. You know what I mean? Easily. I mean, just banter. This is what I wanted to see in the Suicide Squad actual movie that was the David from David. Yeah. Yeah, there's no competition. Like this two and a half minute trailer is easily more entertaining than the two hours of that was Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. Um, and Joe Kidman, he looks a lot bigger than he did uh, since I last. He got this jacked season. for that uh, for that Netflix show uh, Altered Carbon. <laughs> oh, okay, that's what it was. Cause yeah, he looks a lot bigger than he did before. I was like, wow, he, yeah, he looks way more in shape now. He looks way bigger. Um, and you, so you see Edris Elba here, um, John Cena. Um, and so, you know, they're coming to rescue Harley. That's a good scene too in the trailer. You know what I mean? And they feel like it's more of a close unit, a close team. You know, they seem like they care about it more of each other now. You know what I mean? And things like that. You they know. care just enough. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, you know, they care, you know, just enough. They, like, they, it's about yeah, it's self-preservation. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? They're, they're in it together, you know what I mean? You know, they're in it together. Um, you see, so it's a lot of introduction of the team, you know, the, a lot of kind of the new members. You see Michael Rooker, who's a James Gunn staple. Mm. He's in every James Gunn movie. Um, so you see him in this. Um, you also see Polka Dot Man in this. Uh, <laughs> King Shark, who I'm excited to see in this film. Who, um, it uh, just got released that is voiced by Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> oh, Swiss Stallone. That's that's a good pick. That's a good yeah. pickup. I don't know. I I'm kind of I mm, I don't know. I I guess I I like Are really you? really like. Yeah. Um. I I guess I really like the voice of King Shark in the Harley Quinn animated series. Mm. I was hoping maybe they get maybe him because I really really like that voice of the guy who does his voice in that. Um, I feel like King Shark is essentially gonna be uh is gonna be this this movie. Is kind of like group character. Yeah, he's like not he, gonna get a lot. a lot of dialogue, but there's enough emotion in the performance that you can tell. You can almost tell what he's saying just by everybody around him. Mm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and you see, of course, like the nice hero walkout shot with them. You got Captain Jai Courtney, Captain Boomerang, who I did really like. Jai Courtney's Captain Boomerang. Thought he did good in that. You see Nathan Fillion. You see Pete Davidson. Um, and you see King Shark, you know, doing his thing, eating people, uh, and, the, and the guy at the computer being absolutely oh, just, yeah, you know what I mean, disgusted by that. Mm. Um, you see and, Viola and, Davis. Oh, go ahead. And Viola Davis being done with everyone's shit, and <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, Polka Dot Man, I think, being suicidal. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, very much so. <laughs> you think? I hope they lean into that joke, just like. Jesus Christ, I'm a fucking supervillain named Polka Dot Man. Kill me now. <laughs> yeah. um, and Viola Davis, I thought, you know, she was also one of the other good elements I liked about the mm -hmm. Suicide Squad. I think uh, David Ayer version, I thought she was very good in that. So they brought back a lot of the good characters. It, it felt that. like it felt like for that version of the film, Viola Davis was the only one that picked up a Suicide Squad comic. Mm -hmm. And yeah, really I mean, got to know Amanda Waller. Yeah, I mean, I thought, yeah, she was just perfect casting for Amanda Waller. Thought she hit the character spot on. 
uh, from all the stuff I've seen her in, from the you know, animated series, from the comics, I think she hit that character very, very, very spot on uh, for me. Um, again, and you see more kind of, you know, kind of banter between them, like when they're on the island um, and, you know, you know, Idris Elba and John Cena going back and forth and, you know, John Cena said, this island was, you know, full of dicks and somebody told me to, you know, to, to suck <laughs> every one of the dicks, I'd absolutely do it, you know, till there was no dicks left, like, mm. stuff like that, I think is absolutely, you know, really good. Um, I'm what did you definitely think? not, I'm definitely phone. not going to yeah. cut that out of context. <laughs> oh, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Not at yeah. all. Don't worry about so just, it. Just uh, yeah, just marking the timestamp. And... <laughs> Thirty-six <laughs> minutes in. Okay. All right. Okay, and uh, and even smaller moments like when it looks like uh, the new members of the team, like the Thinker, are getting introduced to to Rick Flag, Harley, and Bloodsport, and they're given the "Yep, you failed the mission. You die." <laughs> You find, we find out any information you gave us is false, you die. <laughs> we find out you have a personalized license plate, you die. <laughs> you cough uh, without so covering your mouth, you die. Her trademark. Yeah. Um, so, Chase, what did you say? It's not an open invitation to start covering. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, Ch uh, Chase, what did you think about the trailer I mean, I was always I was always looking forward to what he would do it to us with Suicide Squad. Um, I'm I'm like I'm I'm excited, dude. I don't know what else to really say. He's going as gory as as we were hoping he would be. Um, the team dynamic seems to be just right, um, and it seems to just he just seems to know how to utilize all these characters the right way. So I'm looking forward to it. Mm, yeah. Yeah, um, I love, I like the visuals of it. I like the look of it. Mm -hmm. um, King Shark ripping a guy in half. I mean, that that looks pretty <laughs> really gorgeous. I mean, literally just ripping him in half. Um, you know, like, wow, you know, <laughs> Jesus. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, and I, there's a nice cool scene with them, like at a nightclub, mm -hmm. them all hanging out. Like, I think that that's going to be a fun scene. Um, John Cena, who looks absolutely humongous i mean you know he looks like it's <laughs> Ernest. he looks like it's if Ernest took steroids and never stopped and just constantly ate them breakfast lunch and dinner you know what i mean he looks like mark Wahlberg ate mark Wahlberg. yeah pretty much it's like it's like he just somebody just put a bicycle pump into his ass and just kept pumping and pumping and pumping until he just, he just and just humongous it's like jesus christ you know what I mean? Like, but the dude, I mean, you know what I mean? He likes to work out, man. He like, he enjoys working out, obviously. Good for him. I mean, if I'd swap bodies with him if I ever wanted to know what it feels like to be able to bench press a car. Yeah, you know what I mean? I mean, if not I, if there's steroids involved, you know, they they mess up your junk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, if I, you know, if I want to look like John Cena and put on a suit and feel like what, what it's like to be Kingpin, yeah, I would absolutely... <laughs> you know, love to experience that just for a day. You know what I mean? Just well, like, I mean, it's not like anybody day. could see you as John Cena, though. Oh yeah, that's very true. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. yeah. There was just a giant, weird, floating metal helmet in the trailer. That was that was weird. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. This looks fun. It looks really good. The action looks really good. Uh, Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn. I wonder how long she's gonna play this character. As long as it's I mean, making money. If she, keeps, if, she keep, if she keeps playing it like this, I hope we keep getting Margot Robbie as, as Harley because um, <clears throat> she has kind of gotten overshadowed by how great 
just by how vir virtue of how great the Harley Quinn show on HBO Max is and Kaylee Cuoco, how she's nailing that voice performance. But there's, there's, it's, it's almost like validation to see it in live action, to see, yeah, this character is fucking awesome and you have an actor of the caliber of playing her. Yeah. Mm. To, to perfection, almost. Especially in this, she had some of my favorite Harley moments just in this trailer. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I know, I mean, Birds of Prey, I, I thought it was okay. Um, thought it was pretty I love Birds of Prey. Um, I, I absolutely thought... adore that movie. Yeah, I, I just think there's a lot of things they could have done better. I hope she gets another chance to do another one of you know her movies, gets another chance to, to be even better. I don't know if that's going to come, uh, given the returns on Birds of Prey. But I, 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 I hope that she gets another chance there. Um, so moving on from discussing uh, the Suicide Squad trailer, we're going to discuss Pierce Brosnan, uh, who's going to be Dr. Fate in the upcoming Black Adam movie. Uh, Pierce Brosnan, of course, people know he played James Bond. Um, he was my first James Bond that I saw him in. Unfortunately, I saw him in one of the worst James Bond movies, Die Day <laughs> with Halle Berry. Um, yeah, that was my first James Bond too. <laughs> yeah, um, but Halle Berry did look fine as hell in Die Another Day, so she there, there's that. Um, so he's going to be in this. Oh, and what do you all think of Pierce Brosnan as Doctor Fate? You know much of Doctor Fate from the comics. Um, I mean, it seems like he's a natural choice to be in this film, Dr. Fate, because they are doing, like, it seems like a Justice Society of America type of situation, because, like, Hawkman's going to be in this, um, things like that. So what do you think about that character being introduced here in this Black Adam film? Uh, I, I don't really have much to say aside from it seems like appropriate casting. Like, we'll see. With a character like Dr. But the characters like Dr. Fate, um, mm. um, there's like three versions of it that I normally do. There's the version that we see in uh, the Injustice video games. Mm. There's the version we have on Young Justice where it's uh, more or less the helmet and whoever wears it is becomes Dr. Fate and you have mm. that whole tragic backstory with the uh, uh, Zatanna and uh, Zatara and how that essentially became like their nuclear option on Young Justice, and you have one of my favorite versions from one of the recent animated movies, uh, Suicide Squad Hell to Pay, mm. where mm. the squad pretty much tracks down this like male stripper himbo, and <laughs> his whole backstory is, yeah, he used to be Dr. Fate. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. um, so I was kind of hoping that they would go more towards that route, but again, Pierce Brosnan, I think, is a terrific actor when yeah. he's not playing... Um, when he's not in the worst James Bond movies. <laughs> and it's cool to see another James Bond joining the DC universe alongside uh, Timothy Dalton on uh, Doom Patrol. Oh, yes. Yeah. Very, very yeah. true, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they, they, need to, they need to get all the old James Bonds, except for Roger Moore, who recently he passed away. But, you know, they still can get, you know... <laughs> You know, uh, George Lazenby, like, I haven't seen him in anything else. <laughs> like, was he in anything else besides the Bond movie? Like, what, what really happened to him after he did Bond? It's like, it's kind of disappeared. Well, I mean, uh, when you're getting those Bond checks, you're chilling, you know? Yeah, but he was only in one movie, though. He was only in one. <laughs> He's living off those residuals, man. Yeah. 
Um, so it says here, so this is via the Hollywood Reporter. It says Bronx uh, will play Kent Nelson, AKA Dr. Fate, son of archeologist who was taught sorcery skills and given the magic helmet of fate. The character created by Gardner Fox and Howard Sherman is one of DC's oldest characters having first appeared in 1940's No More Fun Comics number five. Um, hmm. So, um, I mean, they're, they're putting a lot of these kind of characters in this movie, Black Adam movie. It's, it's, mm -hmm. It turns out to be, you know, very interesting to see what they do with all these different characters. Um, and DC, this is a kind of another, I guess, one of their villain movies, maybe anti-hero movies like they did with Birds of Prey, focusing on that, or Suicide Squad. Um, the direction they're going, it's kind of hard to pinpoint. With Marvel, they map all this stuff out, and they have a whole roadmap, yeah. and, you know, they plan out these movies. Uh, DC's kind of just like, hey, we're kind of just flying by the hip here, it seems like. With yeah, with stuff. DC, they're kind of just like, okay, throw everything at the kitchen sink. Let's let Zack Snyder make his four-hour Justice League movie. Let's give uh, uh, the guy who did the apes the Batman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will uh, say, you know, they all don't feel the same, and in some ways that's good, in some ways that that's bad. Not saying that all Marvel movies are the same, because when people make that criticism of Marvel movies, saying that they feel kind of samey, I kind of disagree. I was like, well, I don't think Guardians is like Winter Soldier. I don't think Winter Soldier, you know, no, is, is no, like, if, you know, if you if you put if you put Guardians of the Galaxy and Captain America Winter Soldier back to back, and you cut out the Marvel logo. I would not be able to tell you that they were in the same universe. Yeah, you know, I, I yeah. So I, I think when people make that criticism, I go like, I, I just don't think they all kind of feel the same. But with DC, it just like with, with a lot of their stuff, it's kind of is kind of like you have Shazam, which kind of is like almost like this family type kids movie, and then mm -hmm. you, same with like eight, Wonder Woman eighty four. But then the first Wonder Woman was kind of like more of this war movie, and then all of a sudden you had something like uh, Joker, which is kind of like this more noir type movie, this more uh, drama. Yeah, Joker, which is Todd Phillips trying desperately to be Martin Scorsese. Yeah, you know what I mean? So you, you kind of have all kind of these kind of different things. It, yeah. In some ways, it's kind of nice to have that. In some ways, you know, it doesn't really feel like kind of one universe, even though it's supposed to be one universe. Uh, but, you know, I... I you know, I, I kind of like it in a way, and, and it makes things kind of interesting somewhat. Uh, what they're they're trying to do with all these kind of different things, uh, but yeah. So that that was some good casting news there. Um, some other um, kind of casting stuff. So we have uh, DC Films. This is via the Variety. It says DC Film taps promising young woman director Emerald Fennell to write as a Tana superhero. Um, so you know, we talked about promising young woman. Uh, really loved that movie. It's on our list of one of the favorite movie, uh, one of our best movies of last year. Uh, we really, really enjoyed it a lot. Uh, if you haven't seen it, highly recommend you all check it out. Very great movie. Uh, and now she's an Oscar-nominated director now. Uh, Academy Fox Award Game. nominated on yeah. her yeah. first uh, on her first feature. Yeah, yeah. Which, so that's highly yeah, in and of itself is amazing. And this is kind of the route that a lot of indie directors go. They'll make their their passion project and then they'll get tapped by the big studios to do the 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 major temple which i could not be happier for emerald Fennell. i uh, i finally got to watch uh, some of killing eve and that show is fucking amazing uh, we've already said our praises about promising young woman and i can't think of a better match for uh, a writer for her especially with her sensibilities than zatanna mm -hmm. why do you say that well, because Zatanna, uh, she's another character that you can have a lot of 
that you more or less have a lot of free reign with when uh, writing her, because Zatanna is essentially this uh, magician's apprentice who learns actual magic. Mm. Mm. Okay. Who has that kind of stage musician presence, and when you have someone like uh, Fennel, who is very great at writing these uh, these very complex, uh, very complex, very female characters, in a lot of especially certain corners of the internet kind of fetishize Zatanna because uh, the way she's often drawn in her outfit and you have someone who is going to treat that character with the utmost respect that she deserves because mm. Zatanna is easily one of the most powerful characters in DC universe mm. very interesting um, so with this right here um, they're doing Zatanna Again, with DC kind of doing the characters they are doing and doing movies out of, I'm surprised they're going to do a movie about Zatanna, uh, given that she's not one of their more bigger tentpole characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's kind of very surprising. They are going to do a movie about her, and then they said that they're going to do a Static Shock TV show instead of doing a movie. And I would think, well, I think you know, Static Shock might be more adaptable because the whole maybe teenager aspect of it a little bit, and then you know kind of doing kind of like okay here's our version of the miles morales thing you know Mm kind of spider-man thing here's our version of that but they said we're going to do a tv show on hbo max with that um and then the fact that you know like with the green lantern Corps, they're going to do a tv show instead of doing like a movie of green lantern Corps. and green lantern Corps is this big kind of you know again green lantern is a big superhero so it kind of is very interesting that they're deciding to do a movie about satana Mm -hmm. um instead of doing like something else like a, a tv show or maybe something like that um so so that's that's kind of very interesting um that they are deciding to do that um i mean at least it's not batman or superman <laughs> yeah very true yeah yeah we're getting we're getting a dc film that is not either of those characters which is yeah. uh to go back to your point kind of what dc can do they tried mm-hmm. to do the whole cinematic universe and failed spectacularly so mm-hmm. now they're just throwing everything they got at the kitchen sink and seeing what works and they already have that built-in justification of it's a multiverse we can do yeah. whatever the fuck i want yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i can do whatever the fuck i want <laughs> yeah no I, I i think the movie's now more so on my radar than it would have been prior um so looking forward yeah. to it hopefully it'll be great uh-huh. Um, so it says right here, so it says, uh, Zatanna created by Gardner Fox and Murphy Anderson, person name we just recently read with in discussion to Dr. Fate. Um, it says, as a magician and considered one of the most powerful sorcerers in the DC universe, like Nick said, uh, her magical abilities are genetic, and her dad is Giovanni Zatara, um, was also an alchemist. Um, hmm. so and like you said, Fennel's success coming from Killing Eve, which is a you know very successful show as we talked about, you know being on AMC and everything like that. Um, yeah, I mean I'm looking forward to it. I know a little bit about Zatanna just from the Young Justice series and you know things like that. Uh, Chase, uh, what do you think about Zatanna doing a movie about it? Uh, I I really wasn't that interested until I heard who was directing it. So um, I'm happy that she's on this and i'm looking forward to it like i'm you know from what i know from her is all just from young justice um so it's not like i have like this huge wealth of knowledge about who this character is and like her whole thing (laughs) um Um, so it'll be interesting how do you think 
Do you think they're gonna have her outfit like in the comics or no? Probably not. <laughs> probably. Well, because he has a background as a stage magician, they'll probably mm. have it just in like one scene, just do a wink and a nod to, okay, comic book fans, shut the fuck up, we got it in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Maybe the yeah they could just always do a good you know twenty twenty one update of it like they did with Wanda and her costume Scarlet Witch mm-hmm. so a nice update of her costume and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, who, so, who, who do you think that uh, that Fennel will choose to cast as Zatanna? Because I had a very interesting conversation with this about this uh, the day. A lot of the cases was just reunite promising young woman and have Carrie Mulligan play the role. Hmm. Is is Zatanna is is she a woman of color at all? Is she because sometimes she very looks uh, very she much. hasn't been portrayed that, but yeah, no, shit, I don't see why not. I mean, because uh, sometimes I I've seen her and she does look very kind of very olive skin, very mm-hmm. kind of you know somewhat ethnic in a way, somewhat kind of darker skinned or you know sometimes Italian. I have seen her. Italian, <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, like yeah, so yeah, maybe kind of like Italian, yeah. Because her father's Giovanni Zazara, which I mean, it's very much Italian kind of name. So mm. yeah, maybe somebody like that. Um, and depends on what age range you want to go with Zatanna, depending if you want to go somebody in the 20s or 30s, mm. or maybe somebody younger. Depends on what age range they've done. I've seen her at various kind of age ranges too, um, in different media. So it depends on which one if, you want to go with. If they do Italian, yeah. uh, they do mainly olive skinned uh, Naomi from uh, Power Rangers and from uh, Aladdin. Oh yeah, that would be mm. a nice choice. Yeah, Naomi Scott. Yeah, that would be yeah, a nice choice. Yeah, um, that, that's yeah, good yeah, good casting there. Um, so yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to casting news. See what they cast. Uh, see what further developments of it is. Um, so that is it for news. Going to wrap up with that, and we're going to go into a nice uh, movie discussion, movie review. Uh, like I said, I did not see Minari. Nick and uh, Chase did, so I'm going to let them Racist. take it off. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't, um, I don't support the Asian community at all. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> not gonna clip that out of context either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so these these guys saw it, so I let them take it off and let them uh, talk about the uh, talk about the movie. Mm-hmm. There. Uh, okay, so the film it's a it's it's a film directed by uh, Lee Isaac Chung essentially telling the story of his childhood because he grew up on a in a rural farm in arkansas and a lot of the movie is told through the eyes of a kid who is played by uh, Ask kim uh and his father stephen ewan who is a korean immigrant who buys this plot of land in arkansas with the plan of of growing and selling korean vegetables mm. okay and, i didn't know, i didn't know that much about his um about the director what yeah, and immediately what's striking about this movie is kind of just how low key it is. Because yeah. this is not this is not grandiose. So look at this immigrant struggles Hollywood story. He's got to face everything from racism to all that. It's like mm. no, it, it's it's a lot more grounded and a lot more down to earth. Even even uh, telling them uh, just from my perspective, a lot of truths about Asian families when they emigrate here. My mother is a Filipino, so, so, um, and my dad was military, so we had to move around a lot. So we eventually just invited uh, our grandparents to live in on my mom's side, just so my mom could uh, have someone from her hometown. Mm. And 
that's especially true because they eventually bring in uh, uh, Grandma, who is played wonderfully here by uh, Yu Jun Yuan, who I she was not on my radar prior to watching this movie, but god damn it, just on this performance, she is easily my favorite to win Best Supporting Actress. Mm, yeah, no, she she was one of my favorite performances um her and the son uh their dynamic is phenomenal <laughs> they might honestly have the best chemistry out of like the movies that came out this year honestly <laughs> yeah, their dynamic is easily the heart of of this film mm. and it, it's just so so warm to to see how that kind of shifts because um the biggest thing is that uh david alan as kim's character this character was born in america mm. he was born raised here he speaks fluent english so as someone you taken child of immigrants and you have a second generation kid you kind of lose a lot of kind of traditions and customs of of your uh, home culture mm. and and this kid's always talking shit to grandma i was like mm. you're not like real grandma who's like you don't cook you cheat at cards you fucking steal from the collection plate at church <laughs> back from the collection plate at church and you keep telling me my 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 ding dong is broken <laughs> which was like one of the, around other kids which was one of the funniest jokes in this um <laughs> Which like, it which it, it, which that joke just felt so real because uh, yeah. my grandma on on my mom's side she doesn't speak English she only knows like a couple words and even then it's always like she pronounces her like f's like a p so mm. whenever she would cook for us she would always like come up to us and ask your penis in your blade <laughs> I was like oh <laughs> the entire time I was like oh Jesus Christ please don't please don't say that around other people yeah uh now there's there's a lot of great like small moments um throughout this film um one of the one of the funny standouts or sometimes not funny it was very cringy at the same time was the church um they they, they go to the church maybe like twice in the movie but it's each time it's, it's, it's i can feel it's not it's not like tyler perry going to church yeah no 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 not it, at all it's very quick it's very it's again it's very low-key mm. and they do they do address some of the like the racial the uncomfortable racial questions but mm -hmm. it's always like children asking it and even then it's never like malicious yeah it, it's yeah. never with the intent of bullying it's like one kid asks And it makes sense because this crew kid grew up in fucking middle of nowhere, Arkansas. He's probably never even seen an Asian kid before. It's like, yeah. why is your face different? It's like, how <laughs> yeah. cool. yeah, am I? Cool. Hang out. Yeah. And, uh, they're cool. Yeah. I'm looking at the uh, trailer right here for it. I I seen the scene you talk like you talking about like I see the scene in the church and then there's a scene where he's like the little boy, little uh, like white boys looking at the little Asian boy. And he is just kind of looking at him like, what the fuck are you supposed to be? <laughs> I mean, he really is like, I mean, like he really is just looking at him like he's like he just is like what the fuck are you? Mm. Like, what the fuck are you looking at him like he's ET or something? Like Jesus Christ, kid! Yeah, no, you there's know, just like, a lot of like, uh, I, I think the way I think the way the film tackles a lot of different things very low key is a part of the charm. I'd say I said this earlier uh, off screen to Josh, like I. I'd compare this movie to like sort of like a, a slice of life rather than like a mm. um 
because it's not like you said it's not over the top with the drama it's not like the they're not trying to save the world or they're not trying to change the world in any way they're just trying they're just a family trying to get by and trying to make it together um and i don't comprehend how this is not the most american film in american history yeah, this is, <laughs> yeah this, to me this is the most american this is kind of like that idealized version of what used to be the american dream mm. yeah no yeah, no of course this is watch because they don't like subtitles yeah no this is absolutely the american quote-unquote the american dream and it doesn't like sugarcoat it it's not like something where it's propaganda or anything it's a very realistic mm. depiction of what happens for mm. uh immigrants um granted i've never been to arkansas and i have absolutely no desire to even after this movie especially even after this movie actually <laughs> they got tornadoes oh, <laughs> i'm gonna stay got tornadoes and shit fuck that yeah tornadoes but, and shit tornadoes of white people anger and shit yeah nah i'm good i'm good on that they got creepy cool. dudes that carry the cross for miles on ends but are actually kind of nice but still very creepy <laughs> yeah well, yeah will Patton is uh the aforementioned uh, uh fanatic here which yeah i think in a more bombastic movie there would have been a turn where he like murders that entire family but yeah. thank god that that's not the way they go here he's just yeah he he is very eccentric but it's always it's always in, in a very nice and warm way mm. yeah no um and to go back to that sort of thing where like i don't think this movie is for everybody because i know some people Absolutely. that will probably would not like this movie because quote unquote there's not a there's not a lot going on really it's very much like i said a slice of life you're just chilling with these guys getting to know them um and just like emotionally connecting with these characters rather than rather than seeing them go through trauma or go through trials and tribulations and overcome them it's more so just it's, them it's asking it's asking you to connect emotionally yeah on just people living their day-to-day lives yeah and, so and, yes having struggles having realistic struggles and having them handled in a grounded and realistic way this is very yeah. much like life in in just all of that manner and yeah cin- just speaking technically as a film cinematography wise beautiful. um it's gorgeous it, it's one of the most beautiful looking movies i saw that is that are nominated for this year's oscars mm-hmm. and yeah no i mean I don't know. I don't know whether or not it's going to be my pick yet for the best movie, um, but it is definitely going to be up there. Um, it's, but it's, uh, but I do want to also stress that it's, it's not for everybody. <laughs> if you like slower paced stories and if you like um, characters that are, if you just want to see characters be human, then this is for you. But um, if you're looking for something over the top, very dramatic uh will change your view on life or something like that it, that's not necessarily this it's kind of just like yeah, don't, don't watch fucking green book <laughs> uh, how long is this movie uh it's uh, about an hour 55 um, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's just a little shy, it's just a little bit shy of two hours but yeah I, i'm kind of echoing a lot of points that you made chase that 
I absolutely adore this movie. I give this a solid nine out of ten. I'm so happy that a film with uh, with uh, primarily Asian cast spoken mostly in Korean. There's mm. like maybe maybe five minutes total of dialogue that is spoken in English in this entire film, and. Again, Stephen Ewan giving what I think is the performance of his career, because mm. he's so amazing. He's capturing so much of that that warmth of being a father, that anger, that desperation to realize his dream, and just the whole cast all around are, are amazing. But I do also agree that it is a very slow-paced film. It is it is kind of a slice of life not a whole lot happens in the movie and i don't know if i recommend this to a lot of people yeah if yeah. you are a film fan if you do like slower paced stuff if you are a fan of uh, slice of life stuff that this is absolutely in my highest recommendations i give this nine out of ten easily mm. for me i'm oh. gonna give it an eight um i'm kind of a meathead um <laughs> but um there there's a lot of value in this movie so if you do give it a chance i definitely recommend um you know i definitely recommend it um it's not as like say uh exciting as some of the other noms maybe but i think it has a lot more heart than most films um and i think the characters are definitely like the dynamic between the grandson and the grandmom is something that everybody should see <laughs> you know that they they have some scenes in this movie that are f fucking hilarious and i and i and i really do hope that they get some more awards how funny this movie is yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of comedy in this movie that's just coming from people being people yeah and yeah hilarious. yeah yeah definitely definitely go watch it if you um just don't go into it expecting some meathead shit <laughs> don't, don't go don't go in expecting meathead shit don't go yeah. in expecting a fucking white savior to come in and help these people yeah. in their hour of need don't yeah. come in expecting to get like green book or the help yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. just yeah. let these people be people and I, and I swear you'll fall in love with them um, stop Asian hate. <laughs> yes. 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 Um, stop Asian hate. Um, so so to move on from this, uh, another Steven Yoon project. Uh, we got Invincible. Um, Invincible, like we said before, is the animated series that's on Amazon Prime, which is based on the Robert Kirkman comic. Um, here you have Steven Yoon play who voices Mark Grayson, who's the titular character. Um, you also have Sandra Rowe, uh, who plays Debbie Gibson, uh, Debbie Grayson, who's his mother. You have J.K. Simmons, uh, who plays Nolan Grayson, who's Omni-Man. Um, and you have other various people who round out the cast, like Walton Goggins, who plays the government agent that's the handler of what they call the Guardians of the Globe, uh, which is, the, of course, like this you know, Avengers Justice League team. That Avengers Justice League. Yeah, just takes the earth. The seven. Like, <laughs> yeah, the seven. Yeah, uh, yeah, like this, you know, just like Avengers team. Um, you also have Walton, uh, yeah, who's voiced by, yeah, Walton Goggins, as I said. Um, so, um, in this show, um, did anybody of you uh, read the comic at all? No, I heard about yeah. it, but never. I only read the first issue of Invincible, and 
it, it kind of didn't grab me. It was kind of very like a lighthearted, at least issue I read. It was very lighthearted. It was very optimistic. It was more, it was more Grant Morrison's All Star Superman than it was hmm. uh, was anything like The Boys, which is what it was sold to. Yeah. Hmm. And from what I've known, it was like it starts off that optimistic, hopeful tone until you like flip a panel and that's covered in blood and guts yeah 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 i was about to say like no that that that's exactly what i expected coming into it um mm. i honestly Especially expected looking at the trailers looking at the animation style it's very it's very dc mm-hmm. uh, it's yeah. very dc it's like very similar art style to something like injustice yeah or or um or uh all right i i can't remember it was another dc show yeah no i expected this full-heartedly to be like i i expected it to be good but i expected it to be mm. more so of like a fun campy like saturday morning cartoon uh mm. than what it actually is um and i'm very impressed by what no i see which is very which it comes as no surprise because this is written by robert kirkman who yeah of course created the walking dead mm-hmm. yeah um and he he knows his violence uh, oh yeah that, that's for sure he, he knows his violence um so in this um it, it follows the character of mark grayson teenager um whose father is i mean one of the most powerful heroes on the planet so they're you know superman or whatever um and here you know he's worried about developing his powers he's you know kind of struggling to get them right away uh but he finally does develop his powers um and wants to be just like his father wants to be a superhero wants to save people um and here it, it kind of you know follows him through that and you know this gets into kind of a lot of the elements because the humor of it is also really good mm-hmm. uh, because it gets into a lot of elements of like kind of you know being a superhero what is that kind of like and those experiences because mm-hmm. when he gets his first chance to kind of be in battle and see what that's like and he's got bodies and blood flying everywhere he's like holy shit what the <laughs> fuck is this like holy fuck like this person's limbs over here this person's body's over here and i'm okay don't worry i got you oh shit they're just eviscerated in my arms oh fuck <laughs> yeah, it became Christ. a relief it became a relief when he actually successfully saved somebody yeah, like, yeah. Oh, thank god. <laughs> oh my god yeah. dude I, yeah. and like that's part of the 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 charm of the narrative so far it's just like so much can go wrong so quickly um yeah <laughs> that when they finally do get it right um it's like really relieving and really rewarding <laughs> yeah um and you know this is a world that's populated by superheroes it has all these kind of different teams and everything mm. like that um and you see kind of like there's even like a teenage superhero group and you know they there's like tier lists you know what i mean when it comes to these kind of superheroes because you know there's a lot of superheroes goes like well i'm you know i'm not like that other team of superheroes those people are lame so i'm not like them you know they're losers mm-hmm. you know what i mean i'm okay we're better than them you know what i mean um and, and saving this kind of thing and it's kind of one of those elements that, that if you're just like a regular citizen kind of just existing in this world it's like <laughs> why the fuck would you like even if you were poor you would try to do everything in your possibility to get the fuck away from the city it's like yeah. you got aliens yeah, get the fuck out of the city it's like aliens fucking coming down every week and it's kind of a, a little bit of the charm of the show and there's like uh one of my favorite moments in this first three episode are with like sandra oh 
And he's like, Mom! Dad, Dad went into a portal! Oh, so he'll be late for dinner. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's just this is a dad. character who has clearly seen and heard it all, and it yeah. just nothing phases her anymore. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and I thought that was a, a great kind of, you know, aspect of the show. Yeah, the, the wife character who's, you know, she's seen it and been through it all. And you know, it's like it's it's just it just doesn't even phase her anymore. You know what I mean? Like she's and, been, you know, she's been by his side. And then but, like when the things that do actually end up phasing her happen, it hits differently. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> like the show handles the emotional beats of the characters just as well as the the humor and like the um sort of mayhem. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, yeah, uh, very much so, yeah. Um, and, you know, with the character, I mean, great voice, uh, you know, uh, performances yeah. from everybody involved. Yeah. I, I'd say, yeah. Uh, and this, no this is a star-studded cast. I think this is the beefiest cast for a cartoon I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's one of the most, it's easily the most stacked voice cast I've ever seen in my entire life. Because you have yeah. uh, Stephen Yoon, J.K. Simmons, Sandra Oh, as we've mentioned. You also have Walton Goggins, Zazie Beats, Gillian Jacobs, Jacob Mans Jason Mansuka, excuse me, uh, Zachary Quinto, Clancy Brown, Gray Griffin, John Hamm, Seth Rogen. <laughs> Who does Seth Rogen play? Uh, Alien, the Alien. <laughs> Yeah, he was the alien with the one eye. He's kind of like the alien that <laughs> Sekou Valu yeah. evaluate Earth superheroes. I didn't realize yeah, that was him. And yeah. just taking a beat, it was like, wait, am I on the wrong planet? <laughs> Why didn't they oh. let him laugh? I would have recognized him. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's like it's hard to recognize people because mm -hmm. uh, you also had Mark Hamill, who I didn't catch that that was Mark Hamill at first. Yeah. Wait, because really? I, I picked it up pretty much right away. Yeah. Who was Mark playing? Uh, the superhero costume guy. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I yeah, hear it he's now. Yeah, that makes all. Yeah, so yeah, you gotta mm. always have the, the superhero costume guy that makes all the costumes for all the superheroes. Mm. So he's that guy. Um, and Seth Rogen, he's a producer of this, along with Evan Goldberg. Uh, <laughs> they they've been producing a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah. He's also producer, yeah, so, which is basically so, a Mm -hmm. So a lot. Of, so the biggest thing that this is going to get a lot of comparisons with is The Boys, of mm -hmm. course, which is yeah. another uh, show produced by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Which I think those uh, those comparisons are well deserved, especially just just based on the first three episodes. How the show balances the violence and the brutality of it with the kind of heartwarming story, with the emotions, with the humor. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. I will say that so far, at least, Invincible is a little bit lighter, um, and it's a lot. It's, mm. I'd say it's more optimistic than um, mm. than the boys, because the boys kind of takes more of a nihilistic or a, somewhat of a pessimistic approach to it, um, to superheroes just in yeah, general. Gar yeah, yeah. <laughs> boys, it, boys, it's very much Garth Ennis, uh, mm. getting hit. Get, just putting his nihilism about superheroes on the page. And Robert Kirkman, he, I would say with Invincible at least, he's a little bit more optimistic because you have kind of a similar tone to something like Superman, the animated series. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes. Because then when, he, <laughs> when it's time to turn it up, he turns it up. <laughs> but he still maintains that whole sort of, through the character of, uh, I think his name, is, is the character's name Mark? Right? Yeah. Um, through the character of Mark, you kind of have this interesting arc of 
a superhero or a fledgling superhero trying to figure out how to become like his his dad um but he's set in a world that is so dark and so just terrifying that he's a good contrast for that so you kind of end up having this sort of optimistic naive approach to this crazy ass world and i think that's what kind of sets this apart from the boys because the boys is kind of just like all right we're following these uh nihilist um anti-superhero protagonists um on their on their crusade to stop them um meanwhile here it's kind of just like all right let's let's finally get a superhero that is truly captures that campy optimism but let's put him in a crazy ass world (laughs) yeah um and you know with all this stuff with all all these different superhero stuff that comes Mm -hmm. out um you know so many kind of the various i mean people say you know we're oversaturated with the stuff and oh, yeah. so much <laughs> so many kind of things but i mean i think the thing is i mean you have so many people who do so much different stuff with it where mm-hmm. in that space where you have things like the boys you have things like justice league you have things like this you got things like um you know watchmen which was on hbo and you got mm-hmm. things like the marvel movies i mean it's just you got a lot of stuff to occupy this space uh, of these kind of different creative visions that kind of come with this type of stuff. So, um, and this one, it, you know, like I said, it, it you know has similarities to the boys, but it doesn't feel like it's just a carbon copy of the boys. It's trying to be as edgy as the boys, it has its own kind of flavor and own kind of thing to it. And also, one thing I like to uh, that also kind of reminded me an element of the boys um, was kind of the mystery to it a little bit. Mm. Um, the kind mm. of um, the mystery to it, the kind of ever evolving, like like kind of reveal that probably is going to happen throughout the series which i'm mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing what happens with it and see uh in this because are we doing we're doing spoilers with this right we please let me let me um, please do it <laughs> um so the big thing with this is um so the guardians of the globe uh they end up being massacred except for omni man he just you know he's he's the one last one left alive well and he, was. he wasn't a guardian though yeah, he wasn't technically a guardian. They worked together, but yeah. uh, right. uh, he wanted to stay unaffiliated. Yeah, yeah so. that was the that was the moment I was, I was my jaw was on the floor. It was like same, because he yeah. brutal murders all of them. Yeah, and it's it's not like uh it's it's clear to see that um while there's still like a, a scale of powers. It's a lot closer than, say, in the DC universe, where if Superman goes bad, oh fuck! <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. And because and... the Guardians, they at least get some good licks in on the uh, Omni Man. Yeah, well, a, a couple. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, they do put them in a coma. Yeah. <laughs> Before they go, but uh, yeah, no, I. I was very shocked by that scene because it was just like out of nowhere. All right, uh, Darkwing, did did you call us? Why are we here? And then Omni Man kind of full like swings at at, at um uh the I think it was the what do I want to call him the Captain America of this universe I guess. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I didn't realize how real this was about to get until he's grabbing onto the flash's head um what they call him red rush in this universe yeah, yeah. um and the music just cuts just, just giving <laughs> yeah just giving the fucking 
that Oberyn Martell like head crush. Yeah, the music cuts and all you could hear is just like the suffering and the and the squish. <laughs> that's when I that's when I realized this was a different show. <laughs> um, but. Do you guys have any theories? Cause I never, I haven't read the comics, but I have a theory about what Omni Man is and what he's doing, and who he's actually based off of, rather than just Superman. Uh, he, yeah, he, yeah, he's essentially Red Sun, uh, that uh, taken Superman yeah. or Brightburn, I guess so, is like a more recent comparison. So who's who I was actually gonna compare him to was um, the Sands from Dragon Ball Z. Because they have a similar thing where, like, um, weave. What? Weave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, this is the weave in me. But, but, but Goku was based off, of, like, that Goku's origin was based off of Superman as well. Um, but what the Saiyans would do, right, is that they would send off their young or, like, somebody out to a planet to conquer it. Um, so what I'm thinking is, right, is that. With the Vertron or Voltron or whatever they're called, <laughs> um, what they do is basically, right, they have a person infiltrate uh, a, a weaker planet and then destabilize it to the uh, to the point where they can conquer it. That's my theory about what's going on. Um, don't spoil us in the chat and in, in the comments, please. Um, <laughs> right. But I feel like that's like the most like, as soon as he said like, um, I'm from this distant planet that sends off heroes and then he also says to the aliens that show up in episode two like this is not your planet to conquer i was just like all right he means it's my planet to conquer <laughs> yeah. but i don't a, know yeah because you know he has that kind of a very homelander soup supremacist kind of mm -hmm. you know way about him well him I mean. supremacist that's actually a general's odd uh, got to got the krypton got to earth first this is yeah. general zod taking over the earth yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. he was talking about you know all the people that that died and 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 like red rush he was like well the dude just has super speed it's not like that's even a great superpower i mean what the fuck <laughs> dude that, just has super speed. and it's called and again jk simmons one of the greatest actors ever and just yes. in his voice performance you can hear like the mask kind of slipping <laughs> in that monologue yeah yeah because like he's and it and i i love this dynamic between him and his son because it's like there's moments where you could see that he is he is at least trying to be a good dad a loving dad but then there's also like this very conflicting evil that's with that's like deep within him <laughs> um that you normally don't see. I mean, like we saw like little bits like with, with them exploring like Homelander's psychology, but like mm. this is like a lot more in depth because these guys have gotten a chance to for 17 years to really like, you know, be a father and son. <laughs> so that that's really this that dynamic is interesting. <laughs> yeah, very much so. And you know, with this series, so it, you know, kind of combines you know a lot of these kind of elements of. You know, kind of the traditional kind of superhero stuff. You have all these teams, you know, kind of like, you know, you see in the DC animated shows like mm -hmm. Young Justice or Justice League, but it also kind of has that kind of the grittiness of something like The Boys and kind of, you know, also mishes it, kind of, you know, kind of puts it together. You know, one thing about this, you know, is to see, the, you know, the character, uh, what they call him, Dark Blood. 
um, who's voiced by Clancy Brown. It's kind of like a mix oh, between, there, I guess. There's like, essentially, yeah, there's essentially Etrigan the Demon from the DC Universe crossed with John Constantine. Yeah. Crossed cross with, with yeah. Rorschach. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Question Rorschach. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's kind of like a combination of kind of all those kind of things. Yeah, uh, with all the characters in this, like with most superhero stuff, you can easily draw analogs to the DC universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like you know, even DC and Marvel, they would you know rip off each other all the time. Yeah, they rip each other off all the time. Yeah, you know, Deathstroke, Deadpool. You know what I mean? You know, Captain Marvel they, they, and Captain they, Marvel. Yeah, Thanos, <laughs> Dark Side. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Catwoman, Black Cat. I mean, it's the, yeah. I mean, they, they, <laughs> yeah. Do, they do it all the time. You know what I mean? Doctor Fate, Doctor Strange. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could go on and on, endless examples of all the times, like characters who are just basically the, the mirror versions of each other. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, with this one, you have this guy who's investigating the case, you know, who, you know, so that adds, you know, kind of that, that element of open, like, okay, when is this guy going to be caught? Mm -hmm. You know, you know, you know, kind of that, that mystery to it, you know, um, element to it, which I really do like a lot, which is very good. Um, and it, you know, just watching it kind of just also reminded me kind of just like an R rated sky high, I think was also <laughs> kind of a, a thing that 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 kind of reminded me of kind of the high school element and mm -hmm. just like you know, got to have this this kid who you know has his powers and everything like that and wants to be just like his dad. Because, and if you haven't seen Sky High, you know, Kurt Russell. Highly recommend checking it out. Incredible. That's one of the greatest superhero movies ever. <laughs> you know, so this is to me just reminded me such of an R-rated Sky High and stuff like mm. that. Yeah, uh, very good. But this was, uh, you know, and I liked it. Uh, Amazon, I like their approach with these series of dropping the three episodes, really getting people into it. Um, I was also surprised when I clicked open the episodes, almost close to an hour length. Yeah. Like, wow, this is pretty nice. Wow. I'm so used to animated like, stuff being only like 30 minutes, and this was mm -hmm. like a whole hour, which was very nice. Um, and it's eight episodes. And it didn't uh, feel like it either. That's no, it, yeah, it went by the fast. Pacing. Yeah. yeah. yeah Pacing is great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, and, I really enjoyed and it. Just, and, ju and, and just like with uh, season two of The Boys, they know how to, they know the moment to cut off each episode. Yeah. Like, yeah. Especially with the third episode where it's revealed that uh, Robot, who is Zachary Quinto's character, he's the one that's busted out the Mauler twins. Yeah. <laughs> who, who are kind of like the intro baggies in the first episode. Mm. Yeah. Um, so uh, with this, um, Chase said, you know, we wanted to kind of maybe, you know, review it every week. Um, he he kind of he wanted to do that. So I don't see why not. Uh, it's only eight episodes. Um, it's, you know, short. You know, so I, I would like to keep up with it. I heard that was, it, it does make me want to go and read the comic mm. and check the comic out. Mm. Um, especially and like I've seen I'm, some yeah if I read the comic I'll definitely be hearing this full cast with all the characters in it mm. yeah um, and um, I looked at panels of the comic the, the art is really good too and I think from the animated mm -hmm. series they match the art up pretty well too they okay. match the art of the, of the, of the comic um, and the art is really nice so um, yeah uh, really enjoyed it really liked these three episodes um, and yeah um, I would give it a solid 8 out of 10 for me these, these three episodes uh, what about you all uh, I'm not going to rate these yet um, but definitely looking for me at least uh, towards a strong 10 if they keep up the pace because it's like I, I'm, I'm enjoying it I, I, I love this shit um um and i'm looking forward to see how they handle all of the in uh, the interest staff what are the words how they handle the nuances of 
Omni Man and his relationship with the son. Uh, the next couple episodes with the the twin um, that does escape. Um, yeah, no, it should be fun. Should be fun. Um, but very briefly, because we did talk about this off screen, we didn't really talk about this on screen. Like, how do you like the format of Amazon dropping uh, sort of episodes? like three at a time and then going weekly because i think with like un like with untested properties like this that you know not too many people know about unless they read the comics um i feel like this is like the best approach <laughs> you know uh to really introduce people to a tv show that they don't know about is to drop it like three I at once I think it kind of depends on the property you're working mm. with and how and how all the episodes are structured because mm. with that you can you run the risk of uh, dropping episodes up to a point where it doesn't really make sense for it to drop because with both uh, the boy and with uh, this show uh, episode three ended on the right note it ended mm. on just the right cliffhanger to where okay I need the next episode right fucking now is Amazon's got like the drug deal mentality is like, <laughs> all right, just a, just a taste. Uh, yeah. Well, the reason why I say that is because like a lot of shows, um, some, some shows have a problem with introductions and I feel like some pilots mm. don't properly represent uh, what the show ends up I being. Would, yes, I would absolutely agree. Cause, uh, back in the days before, like binging was a thing. My golden mm. rule with a new TV was, uh, okay. Give it like three four episodes mm. and t before you decide to, uh, whether or not to stick with this because that's usually the time uh, a television show will find its footing yeah yeah and i mean granted like with in the case of the boys and this uh they find their footing immediately but like with some shows <laughs> you know i feel like require and uh some some shows need some shows need a little bit more time yeah yeah which is why i'm like all right amazon if you want to keep doing this format for every new show i would i would love that because it gives you a nice little sample size um you spend enough time with the characters um and if you don't have a decent story by three episodes then you're you know you're doing something wrong here <laughs> so uh unless you're like a long-running anime i don't see the point in watching you <laughs> so you know, mm -hmm. uh, I, I like that. I, I, I like that approach. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and I mean, because with WandaVision, they only dropped the, the two episodes. Mm -hmm. Plus, I mm -hmm. think that it needed it because you had the first episode, which was more just typical sitcom stuff. So you needed yeah. another episode mm -hmm. to really kind of get people into it. Um, the show that we're going to talk about next, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, it didn't do the whole method of dropping two or three episodes. It just dropped the one. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe they didn't feel like they needed to because it yeah. was an hour long and pretty much introduced the concept already. But uh, to move into discussing Falcon um, and the Women's Soldier, uh, which is the new Disney Plus show that has dropped uh, from uh, uh, Disney and everything like that. Um, here, an episode, um, it follows up where you get introduced to the Captain America, uh, Wyatt Russell, um, he's the new Captain America, and you know it gets to you know they you know, have this big introduction to him. He's being introduced to the to the public and everything like that. They treat it like it's a Super Bowl halftime show mm -hmm. where you know you know got a whole you know nice band and everything mm -hmm. like that. He comes out, 
he gets interviewed um, and they run over like you know who he is and you know why he's such a badass and why he's the one that got the shield and they say like well he's this you know kind of super soldier guy without taking the serum you know to I mean he's you know highly intelligent and strong and you know you see him throw on the shield and he tested off the charts and he's a super battalion army ranger navy seal <laughs> green beret sniper you know what i mean elite yep. guy all of that said fuck this guy <laughs> yeah you know what i mean he's, I, you know, I actually kind of I, I i i did i'm just kidding i was okay. found myself quite endeared to the character especially yeah. with uh his introduction scene because you see behind the scenes he's, he's also a guy like not 100% sold on at least doing the whole like media circus around being Captain America. He's a guy yeah. who wants to just do his job. Yeah, yeah. yeah which, there, there's which a sense of humility. Very Captain America thing. Yeah, there, there's definitely a lot more humility than I thought there was going to be. I thought he was just going to be a dick. Um. I thought he was going to be a typical Wyatt Russell character. Yeah, and he was going to die in this episode. <laughs> but Um, no i actually do i actually do find him endearing and the scenes where uh bucky and falcon are giving him the cold soldier shoulder i'm kind of just like damn like just give this guy a shot like (laughs) that was was some of the funniest moments in this episode for me because again Mm -hmm. marvel is a master of balancing comedy with its action Mm -hmm. and just them talking shit to (laughs) John Walker. It was just so funny to me. Yeah. And he's always just like, hey guys, why don't we work together? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like he he actually is becoming our Captain American esque because just the way he's just like all like campy, just like, let's just do our job. (laughs) Um and you can clearly see in his acting scene because that's that's one of the ones that's in the where it's like them fighting on two semi trucks. Mm. What they don't show you is uh, Walker and a uh, hip sidekick. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's even got his own black sidekick. It's like yeah. it's like, well, he had a black sidekick. I give him a black sidekick. <laughs> you know what I mean? See, we gotta we gotta, gotta do that. Um, and he's even got like a super American name, John Walker. You know yeah. what I mean? Like a super American name, you know very um probably from yeah. oklahoma <laughs> yeah oklahoma yeah somewhere. texas oklahoma yeah. somewhere like that um and in this so you know when this whole media circus is happening he's on the news bucky you know he's watching on tv you see you know sam is watching on tv um and especially you know sam's pissed <laughs> yeah you know sam is pissed because he thought like okay you know retiring the mantle gave this whole ceremony i gave him the shield it's all done with you know what i mean like you know it's, it's done with and they kind of just went behind his back and just elected a new captain uh, america bitch you thought <laughs> yeah um yeah. and it's it's bucky i mean he's just sitting down does he not own a, a couch or what because he's just sitting down on the floor and they like what? i mean they kind of established that the it, avengers it were poor goes back to, it kind of goes back to um the conversation that Sam and uh, Steve had in the Winter Soldier is like, mm. yeah, it's like your bed's too soft. Mm. It's like you feel like you're gonna fucking sink to the floor. Yeah. So, Bucky is very much in the same situation as the two of them were. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's a nice little detail. I didn't notice. Yeah. yeah. 
because yeah, he's just yeah sitting on the floor watching it, and then you know immediately after that happens, you see where we see the first introduction of Sam and Bucky uh, together, you know, in this series and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first things he said to him just, "What the hell happened?" <laughs> like, <laughs> like not not hey or not hey, how's it going? You know what I mean? Just like, what the hell happened? Why does he have the shield? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's I going wish on? The show, I kind of wish the show went full pg-13 so they could get that one f-bomb yeah that would have been appropriate in, yeah. in that what moment. the fuck yeah <laughs> um but I, I would say you know anthony mackie and sebastian stan's banter is really great um yeah. very very mm-hmm. much so uh, that's like one of the big selling points of this show like you saw in the trailer um you know you know they're ha- kind of going back and forth and a lot of scenes you saw from the trailer in this second and first episode like the scene where they're in therapy session together which was really good which we'll get to in a minute uh but this scene where they're talking and you know anthony mackie talks about the big three he's like yeah there's the big three you know aliens uh aliens androids wizards that's the big three (laughs) you know what i mean and um you know they kind of had that whole back and forth um and then it was kind of funny when when bucky mentions like yeah i read the hobbit in 1937 (laughs) you know when it first came out yeah you know, I'm an OG uh, Hobbit reader. Yeah, you know what I mean. OG. I think, G- I think my favorite part Bucky about that. Bucky is an OG nerd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think my favorite part about that joke is that it, it becomes a callback later when uh, John Walker is talking about the big three, <laughs> and then and then, and then Falcon is just like, oh, he knows about the big three too. Like now, I gotta retire <laughs> that whole joke. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. and you know, cause what you know falcon is doing he has a whole mission with mm-hmm. uh isaiah uh uh hernandez mm-hmm. uh where he has a whole mission of trying to locate the flag smasher which is these group of people and again mm-hmm. it expands upon the snap um upon you know you know kind of the aftermath of that you know where we had mm-hmm. wandavision which was more of a personal kind of effect on people you know with the snap and how you know kind of that really really impacted people um in the world and then you have this show, which you know, talks about the Flag Smashers. It was all about like, yeah, we kind of liked it better when half the population was gone. And yeah. you know, there was almost kind of no countries and almost no borders and all this other kind of situation. No leaders, really, where mm-hmm. it was kind of a nice kind of free reign of kind of more society. So we kind of appreciate that more, um, I guess. And, and, and you have these group of people banded together who have taken some version of the Super Soldier Serum because you see they are very strong. They are very yeah. you know, powerful. Mm-hmm in a way um and so I, I i like that aspect of it as well what did you guys think of the what do you guys think of the organization of the flag smashers and, and what they bring to the show they're interesting um their philosophy is interesting but i'm much more interested in, into who is chasing them and why mm. because um, they name drop uh, somebody called the power broker mm-hmm. but i think that's going to be one of the main villains of the of the season and with the Flag Smashers, it's again, just a great world building around this catastrophic catastrophic event that we only got to see like from the Avengers perspective. We don't get to see it from the ground level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do hope that they at least get like a flashback or something like during the blip, mm-hmm. like when they either took the serum or um, were just forming, because I do find that like that concept is interesting. Um, Especially later in the episode where you're introduced to a, another character from, from Bucky's past, mm-hmm. uh, Isaac Bradley, who is very much another super soldier. 
Yeah. 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 It makes sense that, yeah, of course the U.S. government would try and recreate the serum over decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course experiment on people. Yeah. And he yeah. was and he was black Captain America, whether they wanted wanted it or not. <laughs> yeah. They needed him. <laughs> and was played wonderfully by Carl Lumley. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who you all may know as uh, the voice of Martian Manhunter on the Justice League. Yeah. Or he played uh air recently in Doctor Sleep, he played the Scatman Brothers role. Mm. Yeah. Very yeah, he's very good man. He was also um uh, the father of uh, Martian Manhunter and when Supergirl. Mm. Mm. Tell us on that, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, for all the people out there who watch Supergirl, <laughs> uh, like I did, um, he was also in that. Um, but to, uh, to before we uh, get to the whole Isaiah Bradley uh, uh, with Bucky's past, uh, leading up to that, uh, we kind of have that whole kind of you know interaction as Nick was talking about with on the two semis uh, truck where they try to meet the Flag Smashers, um, and it's it's a good it's a good fight scene, really good action scene uh, between them. Um, and how, you know, I mean, you know, these people are a force to be dealt with because they're knocking around, you know, Falcon, they're knocking around Bucky, who Bucky yeah. has a version of the Super Soldier Serum, um, someone in him. Uh, you see, when he tries to even just kind of land, you know, when he just jumps out the plane, you know, everybody just jumps out of planes, you know what I mean? Just like, <laughs> Bucky, you know, he's just like, with no parachute, he's just like, yeah, I'll just jump out the plane. It's okay, I got a vibranium arm, I'm good, I'm okay. Yeah. Um, and everything like that, you know. I'm part black. I got a vibranium arm. Sorry. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm like vibranium. <laughs> yeah, I'm like Vision. You know what I mean? I got, yeah. I got, you know, you know, part black in me. I'm all right. <laughs> um, you mean, you mean uh, Vishon? Yeah, Vishon. <laughs> Vishon. Yeah. yeah, the White Wolf. Uh, yeah, which, the, which the, they do call it. Yeah, yeah. Bucky. Yeah, that was. An, yeah, that was another funny line uh, in this where Falcon's like, look at you, Sulks, uh, sneaking around like you're a white panther. Spend some time in Wakanda, all of a sudden, look at you. You're white panther now. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm white, I'm white wolf, actually. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was a nice uh, little shout out. Yeah, so that, that was that was a nice little kind of funny line like that. That was really good um, as well. Um, which was, you know, that, that action, like we said, on the semi-truck was very good. And we see the new Captain America show up and kind of like that kind of, you know, hostility between um, him and then, uh, which gets later expanded upon. Um, and you see when you see him in action, and he's mm -hmm. actually pretty good. I mean, the, the new Captain America can't hold his own in the fight. He's throwing yeah. a shield very well. Yeah, there, there's a reason the government picked him to be Captain America. Yeah, no, yeah. he. And you see, you see why. You know? Yeah, no, it's he just... saves them. I thought they were gonna have to save him. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was yeah. gonna get stomped yeah. out this episode. He does. <laughs> he does get outgunned because yeah, he's fighting a bunch of super soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. And like, but when he does have the shield, like he's actually holding his own though. Like. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, he's pretty good with the shield. Bouncing yeah. off a couple people. Yeah, he's it was like okay, all right, fine, all right, okay. You could, you could do a little something something all right mm -hmm. i see you um me on this character a little bit. Ain't, ain't no super soldier but you know you got yeah. you got some sauce yeah <laughs> um and you know you see um you know because like you know falcon so they kind of you know they have to kind of get out of the fight because falcon has to save bucky um and they nicely embracing each other's arms rolling around the grass mm -hmm. you know what i mean like he's anakin and uh padme <laughs> attacking the clones and shit like that you know what i mean just like yeah. rolling in the grass and shit like that um you know so things like that and um it it, it is kind of you see this kind of like you said tension like when you know nick brought up how you know he's offering them a ride later back mm -hmm. he's trying to get to the airport after the fight's done 
and just say it's like you you know you seriously gonna walk like 20, 10 miles to the airport like come on man just give him give him the car let's go come on you know what i mean don't be that stubborn which i don't even know why falcon is walking i mean dude you can he fly, can fly. so i don't know why he's walking but you know i guess he just doesn't want to leave bucky behind he, he yeah. wants to talk shit more to bucky <laughs> yeah he, he just lives to talk shit to bucky yeah just to piss him off yeah um, no, he's, he's enjoying it he's enjoyed his time yeah. Although I feel uh, like it would have been funnier if he was just like floating with the wings out, just talking shit from above. That would be hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah, that would have been that would have been hey, even better. Hey, the, the mouse is writing checks, but ain't blank checks, man. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the mouse really could have used vision on that scene. That you know, but you know, <laughs> if you want to send me a check to to write or direct that scene, Mickey, I got you. <laughs> um. But, uh, you know, to bring up a, a point that Nick had about the whole where they visit Isaiah Bradley, right? Yeah. Um, somebody that, uh, from Bucky's past, and they go to him, he's like, well, he's maybe somebody who knows about more about the super soldier serum and what they did and everything like that. Um, and it's a nice callback to the comics. Isaiah Bradley was a version of Captain America uh, in the comics. And to see, you know, him talk to him and about everything like that. And the show you know how they talked about before uh Kirky Sutherland um who's the guy who's, who's the showrunner of the show director of the show um and he talked about how they're going to bring in a lot of those political elements of the show um especially from the element of race and um you know having that say a Bradley character um touching on just how you know black soldiers were treated you know especially mm -hmm. during that time you know um and how you know even during that time of when black soldiers were fighting there was still segregation and there was yeah. still even the black soldiers were separated from the white soldiers um and you know they were still you know fought the same war fought the same battle bled the same blood but still treated less than even when they you know when they were fighting there and then when they came back um and you had a guy like you know Isaiah Bradley who spoke about uh that type of stuff and especially just you know uh also just you know, black people just mistrust in general of the government and of the medical industry because you know we hear things about that, like the Tuskegee experiment. Mm -hmm. um, you know, which you know uh, had the uh, treated effects of uh, syphilis. You know, injected syphilis into black men to see what the effects would be mm -hmm. um, and things like that. So, um, with this, if, like you know, he was he was expendable. Um, you know, you know, he was somebody that the government could use to their own um, devices and things like that. And 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 I think you know that that one scene. Was very very well done, uh, yeah. very powerful in a way. I mean, good good performance by him, even in, the, in that little scene. Mm -hmm. um, especially when he throws that uh, that tuna can, you know, right straight into the wall. <laughs> uh, you know, with that passion, and it's like, oh shit, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, he's got that, you know, that that old man strength. You know what I mean? Still got still got that still got it. Veins. Still got that serum. <laughs> yeah. Um, and immediately after that scene, um, you see a scene where the cops pull up on him. You know yeah. what I mean, and where him and Bucky are, you know, and I was, I was amazed that this show went there. I mean, yeah. I know in in our lead up, we were talking the show was possibly gonna address race. I did not think that they were gonna do it to the extent they did here. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, yeah, cops pull up on them, and you know, they ask, uh, you know, B Bucky, hey, is this guy bothering you, sir? You're yeah. right. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, you okay? Um, and everything like that, and then you know they ask him for his ID, and you know Bucky says like, like just, I mean, just give him his ID, man. Like, nah, I don't got to give this guy shit, man. Fuck, <laughs> fuck this dude, I ain't got to give him shit. 
I'm in the you Avengers. Know? Do you know who I yeah. am? <laughs> yeah. And I love how they turn that whole thing on its head because, like, they end up arresting Bucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For some stupid yeah. shit. Yeah, you missed your point of therapy. Yeah. 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 Uh, and everything like that uh, which yeah was very nice and we see that um, and that leads him to being in prison and Sam is waiting for him um, and you see the therapy session that we saw in the trailer which was again balancing that good moment of nice dramatic element comedy element uh, because the doctor invites both Sam and Buck to have a session <laughs> together um, and again it just goes into how well these two really work together um, and how well these two just kind of bounce off each other. You know, when she turns, when she tells the two, uh, both of them to face each other, and they're scooting way up close to each other, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? His knee is right in his crotch, and they're just locking eye to eye. Um, and it gets into what the big issue is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, why is Bucky having such a big issue with Sam giving up the shield, and why he has such an issue with the new Captain America in general? And from Bucky's perspective, it's just the fact that it's like well if you gave up the shield and you were wrong for it what does that say about me if steve entrusted you with it and if steve was wrong is he wrong about me and i thought that was a good moment and you know sam had a good moment where he's just like well maybe it just i can have my own decision you know Mm -hmm. what i mean of whether i want to do it or not to do it you know and you know i i just I can make my own decision. I'm my own man. I mean, what did you guys think about that scene um, just in therapy and, and, you know, what were your overall thoughts on that? Dave. I mean, I, I said it before in our breakdown of last week. It's amazing that Sebastian Stan gets a chance to actually act with a character when you cut off all the long hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because that was, um, it was, a, it was a very good scene. Um, just to see them argue um but like actually get into like their phil- their philosophical differences was mm-hmm. great um yeah, it, and it's, very it's rare not arguing, it's not arguing like hollywood movie arguing it's actually arguing yeah. but it's getting to the root of the actual conflict in between them. Yeah, yeah yeah and um like like we said previously like this is a true successor to winter soldier you know yeah. um yeah no I, I i like their argument um and i get both sides like i i like i deeply agree with both sides really like i understand where sam's coming from with like he doesn't feel like he's worthy uh and to be fair like you know not everybody gets super uh, soldier serum so like <laughs> i guess you know and not everybody has steve rogers um demeanor and like uh you know good morals and character so like it's it's a hard role to fill um but then also with bucky's point of view where like listen this is my best friend and he trusted you with this shield and this job why aren't you doing this this was his dying will <laughs> so that uh so i have a question about why they can't just steal the shield back i mean yeah because yeah last time we did sharon got branded an enemy of the state and steve and i were on the run for two years yeah that was also funny too yeah um I, so i had a question about that so in this world so in this current right time right here so do people think that steve is dead or do they think like do they yeah, know that's, that that's my understanding so they think he's dead mm-hmm. and so it, but he is actually still alive just an old man right so i mean dude kind of looked on on death's door last time we saw him 
Yeah, I mean, he <laughs> could be dead. I don't know. You know, because, yeah, because I, so I don't know the, the, the status of that. I don't know mm. if, like, he is dead or if he just really Because I know we saw him at the end of Endgame where he's just an old man now. So I don't know, because I think the, the world itself thinks he's dead. I think because mm. he was in that whole montage. I remember, like, in Far From Home, they did that yeah. whole montage of fallen heroes that 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 uh, when you first when you finally discover adobe pro premiere and everything like that oh sure, i can do this i can add the clip in here and play the music in the background yeah you know and you you know 15 you make your first youtube video and shit like that mm-hmm. um I'm so cool he was in that dead. yeah um so so i think yeah the, the world thinks he's dead but i think yeah. to the people closest to him they know he's not dead so um, i, I think, so, think yeah. it works better if steve is really dead because yeah. This whole this whole arc of the show is Sam finally realizing that okay I I'm the right guy to do it I have to become Captain America and I think that's cheapened if Steve is still alive yeah and it's also I I don't think Sam would have given the shield away if Steve were still around yeah yeah because I, I I can't imagine a world where Steve isn't calling him immediately after that smithsonian (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and i kind of like the parallel narrative between him and spider-man even because it's like they both have to figure out how to succeed their sort of mentor figure you know yeah yeah um so um, and one of the big things that this episode leaves off of is they're going to bring Zemo. They're going to mm-hmm. be him, uh, very much a Hannibal Lecter type situation. Mm-hmm. You know, got to go to the, the the bad guy, get information, get some help. Um, you know, he knows more about Hydra than anybody, and they need information about mm-hmm. Hydra and about what they did with the experiments. Um, and so I'm excited to see Daniel Bull come back. Um, obviously, we saw in the trailer he's going to be in the full Zemo costume, the mask, the the, the nice pimp coat. Um, you know, he's going to be full full decked out. Um, so, would you that all nice think about pimp that? Coat. Definitely not looking online to get myself. <laughs> uh, uh, so, what do you guys think about that? Uh, what do you guys think about that kind of that that nice ending there? Uh, it, it kind of dispelled one theory I had, where where Zemo working with the flag smashers already and that like mm. during the blip he busted out prison and that's what he's been up to the last five years yeah kind of dispelled that theory because he's still very much locked up and i can't imagine him working with people with superpowers mm. i don't yeah. know I, I don't know if he'd do that but we'll see yeah. um yeah so um so overall you guys have a good episode yeah Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah, me too. I yeah, yeah I really love I loved all the action scenes. Uh Kari Skogland, who was uh I believe a writer on John Wick, he's um he's giving great direction in, in both episodes of the show and just small little character moments that I don't think we would have gotten in like a normal whole property. Because you again six episodes, you have the time to build these people up. Yeah. And even even made me like I wouldn't say like John Walker because fuck that guy but still <laughs> still still give us moments where he's humanized and it, it's very clear that even though he's like posturing around Bucky and Sam he needs them around because he, he wouldn't even shown up on in that first action scene if he wasn't tracking Sam yeah yeah, yeah. 
No, I, I, I actually genuinely like his character, um, and I can't mm-hmm. wait to see what they do with him. Because I thought, I really thought he was just gonna die this episode, or just show up and die, be a dick <laughs> and die. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I'm looking forward to what they do with him. I don't foresee him actually being the Captain America to lead the Avengers, but mm-hmm. but I do wonder what. For that long, because you see yeah. the trailer, it's Sam and Monkey practicing with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. So, so I, I want to. So, if you see him practicing with it, I wonder if it's going to be thing with they just make a new shield or they take his shield. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I don't Bucky's know. got the hook up to. Bucky's got the vibranium hook up. <laughs> yeah. It'll, you know. it'll probably be something where, like, um, John realizes he's in over his head and he's handing the, the shield over. That's probably what'll happen. And then it'll be like, we're both Captain America now, and then we pass the shield together. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, Bucky did say, I mean, he didn't, he didn't say, yeah, I really miss Wakanda. He did say in the first episode, like, man, I really love this. It was cool. I was out there, you know, in the fields, you know, tossing hay. I was so happy. <laughs> Free healthcare, you know, beautiful women. Yeah, I had a big dome over me. That nothing, <laughs> literally nothing, could get in. Yeah. It was fucking awesome. I miss it. Yeah, I'm gonna go back. Yeah. Fuck. I don't even know why he went back to America. Honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Oh, I think because he. Um, uh, I wonder if that was before the snap or after the snap, where think, he had. To... I think it was a condition of his pardon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because because uh, the government they gave him a pardon for all of his years at the Winter Soldier, but the conditions are are corn appointed therapy. Mm. Yeah, I would have never gone back. Kind of hard to do when your therapist is all the way in Wakanda. I would have yeah. never gone back. <laughs> you, I mean, hey man, that's the new age, man. You could do like say, hey Zoom, It'd be like, yeah. we do Zoom calls. Yeah. Zoom call me from Wakanda. Yeah, um, yeah. Wakanda has the best internet. Show. <laughs> that's how we, that, yeah, that's how we do this show. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Through, uh, Discord. Yeah, Wakanda <laughs> probably got better, like you said, better internet. They probably got yeah. that, that that nice fiber and super fiber. They actually they got their own internet. They got vibranium nice. internet. What the fuck I need with <laughs> yeah. got vibranium internet. And, uh, vibranium so, fiber. Yeah. So. Yeah, but yeah. it's also could potentially lead into Black Panther two. Mm. Uh, uh, leading it. Um, after the events of the snap could have certain people in the government saying, yo, we opened up our borders and this shit happened. Close <laughs> that motherfucker up. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so yes, I mean, solid episode. Uh, of course we were going to review the next episode. I'm just, I'm just saying it's only six, which was maybe like eight. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, we'll review the next one I next am, week. I am sad it's only six, but I am glad that we're getting hour long episodes or mm-hmm. at least like, network length 50 minutes yeah yeah yeah, yeah much so. um so next week gonna bring uh episode four of invincible and we're gonna bring episode three of falcon and winter soldier gonna talk about that next week uh, i'm gonna re- review stuff. also oh team yes monkey. team monkey <laughs> team monkey yeah uh yeah kong uh godzilla versus kong gonna be discussing that uh no man land do you guys want to review that next week as well uh i, I was thinking uh, yeah, no, I was thinking we should probably save that for uh, later, like closer towards the Oscar season. Okay, closer to because, the Oscar season. Because uh, I think 
Yeah, because I think Nomadland and The Father are both favored for Best Picture. And okay. We should, so, and we should be done all the shows that we're reviewing by then. So, okay. All right. So, yeah. yeah. So, we'll do that later on. So, Kong uh, and then two shows are going to review then next week. We're going to bring that to you people all uh, next week. Uh, this Saturday, uh, big fight coming up. Random Maverick uh, is coming up. We're all wearing the shirts. Y'all showing our support um, here like that for uh, Maverick. Uh, wishing her luck uh, Saturday, March 27th. She's got the fight coming up, the fight that was postponed last time. Um, hopefully, you know, yeah, nothing. Fight against Jillian Robinson, and she is second up on the main fucking card. Mm. Yeah, so that's pretty nice. Hopefully, nothing happens. Hopefully, she don't eat a bad pizza or something like that, get food poisoning or, you know what I mean, you know, diarrhea, you know what I mean. So, hopefully, nothing like that happens. Find out. Okay. Yeah, um, so hopefully, nothing like that happens. Uh, so, you know, we're, you know, we're watching that fight. Um, do you guys want to stream that Saturday? Well, I don't think we can stream that. Well, just us, us like watching it, like us watching it. So Not us actually. like watch party. Yeah. I, I don't know the logistics behind that, but I do have a, have a friend that got blocked for streaming, uh, an NBA game that he was reacting to. So. I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know if you want to do that. <laughs> okay. So maybe, um, maybe maybe not that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. maybe okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but we're all wishing her luck. All been wishing her a good time and, and showing our support for her. So uh, good luck to her. Mm-hmm. Um, so to all you people out there, hope you enjoy listening to this. Of course, you can always check us out on our various uh, links, various things like that. Instagram. Uh, the Afternoon Tune we're there uh, we're also on Facebook The Afternoon Tune we're on Twitter The Afternoon Tune uh, you can email us at theafternoontune at gmail.com we are TikTokers on The Afternoon Tune uh, doing all that good stuff um, I'm still laughing uh, at that video I posted on TikTok that Wambi uh, video of uh, Nick and Chase still laughing at that video very nice uh, caught these guys in 4K uh, got these guys there we'll see who gets know. caught in 4K <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn, that dog ain't doing nothing. Look at that, that dog. Huge. He's chilling. Um, yeah, no, she's uh, chilling. So, uh, so very, very good. Guys, we're on that. Um, also, uh, we're on the, all the places you guys listen to podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify. Of course, we're also on YouTube, which is probably where you're listening to us right now. So if you're catching us on YouTube, I do all that good stuff. You know, subscribe, like, comment. Also, give us reviews on Apple Podcasts. You know, five star, four stars. That really helps the podcast as well. Boosts the podcast up a lot. Um, also, we're at 81 subscribers right now. They're 19 away from 100, so that's pretty nice. You know, constantly growing, trying to trying to get up there. Uh, right now, um, you know, it's not it's not the number. 69 but hey 81 is pretty good too um and things like that so uh chase where can people find you you can find me at mr chase mac at uh twitter instagram and twitch uh it's all one word m-r-c-h-a-y-s-e-m-a-c where can they find you nick and bubbles all right you can <laughs> you can find me twitter instagram at night and day nick that's mm. uh Night N I G H T letter N D A and Nick, and you can find uh, Bubbles here at uh, Instagram uh, B U B dot B L E S zero nine twenty two. Nice. Uh, we're also on Twitch as well. I forgot to mention that. Oh, well. Yep. <laughs> uh, we're also on Twitch. Uh, this is actually the quietest Bubbles I think has ever been to a show. Actually, I haven't heard <laughs> any noise. From yeah, she was, yeah, she was just like chilling on my lap the entire time. 
<laughs> we haven't we haven't made any bad takes. I, I feel like she only barks when we make bad takes. I haven't had a bad take this. Episode. At least she doesn't think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because usually I, I I hear it in the background, and everything like that, and then sometimes I hear Nick's Yeah, Nick's girl come in. And she's sin, 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 sin. <laughs> I'm like, Geez. like, and I, I I I hear it, and I try to talk through it sometimes, but sometimes I want to laugh because it's sin, sin. I mean, I mean, she's just she's just mad that Bubbles listened to me more. Oh, okay, that's what it is. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah she's she a girl good. dog, and I'm she's a girl dog, and I'm the man of the house, and I can yeah. you know, walk her. The secret yeah. to a successful podcast is to have your dog sit on your lap like you're an evil Bond villain. <laughs> yeah. You're probably wondering why I brought you here today. <laughs> Uh, um, all right, so let's let's get out of here, people. So hope you all enjoy listening to this. Hope you really uh, really had a good time. Had a nice show for you all. Discussing a lot of that stuff that we all like. Um, very very had much a lot of fun. So for all you people out there, hey, hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to always stay, stay tuned. tuned.